love upon you. And we're going to be continuing today. You know, we've been studying the blood, everything that the blood accomplished. And the Lord spoke to me, as you all know, at the beginning of the year to say, this is your year to live behind the veil. And then he directed us to start in Hebrews and to discover what his blood really did for you, what it's accomplished, what it means, why it was done. And so he spoke to my heart at that time, and he said, when you understand, when we understand, when we get rhema revelation of what the blood has done, when we rest in that foundation, because that is the foundation, right? what his blood did for you and what his blood did for me. When we rest in that foundation, you will see things in your life turn around. You will see signs, miracles, and wonders. We don't have to chase signs, miracles, and wonders. We get to know the love of God. We get to know what his blood has done. And those are the principles, the foundation of the rest, and then you will walk in the rest, okay? So we've studied all that, and now we are moving into faith. What faith is, what faith is not, how faith behaves, okay? So we're going to start today in Hebrews 10.32. Remember the early days that you were in the light, In those days, you endured a great conflict in the face of suffering. Sometimes, you were publicly exposed to ridicule and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property, knowing, knowing that you yourselves had a better and permanent possession. A better and permanent possession. So, do not throw away your confidence. It holds a great reward, or it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. It says you will, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will take no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. That's not you. That's not me. But of those who have faith and preserve their souls. That's us. That's us. Our God rewards our faith. There is a reward of faith. There is a reward of faith. So let's think about Hebrews. Hebrews was written to a church that was under great tribulation or undergoing great persecution. So the, the writer of Hebrews was encouraging, he was encouraging the body to remember the difficulty that they had gone through and to remember how they vigorously, vigorously stood in faith knowing the hope of their inheritance in Christ. 
They vigorously stood in faith at the beginning. But the onslaught was strong. The persecution was strong. So let's read Hebrews 10.23. I'm going to read it in the Aramaic, in the NIV, and the Amplified. Aramaic. And let us grasp firmly, grasp firmly, the confession of our hope and not waver, for he who has promised us is faithful. That's not the Aramaic. I'm reading the Aramaic. We'll, we'll get to that one in a minute. Right now, as a matter of fact. NIV. Let us hold unswervingly, unswervingly, to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. You serve a faithful God. Amplified. Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering, without wavering. For he who promised is reliable. He's reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. He never alters his word. He keeps his word unto you, beloved. So they stood against persecution in their own lives, and they stood with others who were being persecuted. Do you know it is your responsibility to stand with those who are being persecuted and not turn the other way and, you know, because you might be persecuted for standing with someone who's being persecuted. And it's just your job, period, to edify other people, to encourage people, to help them, to lift them up. Okay? So, these, the, they had stood with people who were imprisoned. Okay? They had this, um, they had this, Bulldog tenacity at the beginning, right? But do we all know that sometimes we can get weary? Does anybody feel weary at times? <laughs> Good. I'm so glad of that. But they had this bulldog tenacity, and, and I would uh, say joy even, joy even, because they were unrelenting. They were unrelenting in their faith. They knew their God, and they were unrelenting, and they weren't going to quit, and they weren't going to give up. And so the writer of Hebrews here is encouraging and edifying the body to continue to live in that faith every day, to live in that faith, to make it purposeful, and to not shrink back when things get tough, to not shrink back. Um, promises in the word of God, okay, they do not prevail when a person gives up. I mean, he can do miracles in your life. I, I'm not begrudging that. But I'm saying, you know, sometimes we quit midstream because sometimes the fight is a little bit hard. And so we don't want to quit midstream. We don't want to abandon ship. We don't want to jump overboard before we reach that promised land that land of destination. We don't want to quit before that time. We want to we be resolute in our faith. So the, the scripture actually says right here that those who shrink back are destroyed. So that's not me saying that. That's the word. So we don't want to do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to shrink back. It says... But those who continue in the faith, being confident in their faith, being confident. Okay, what is our faith in? It's not in our works, it's in our God, right? Okay, so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about faith. But those who continue, not casting aside their confidence in God, will, it says, listen, preserve their soul. You'll preserve your soul. When I, when I think about that, it, it, it strengthens me just thinking about that. Faith preserves your soul. So when a person casts aside their hope or they cast aside their confidence in God, whether you want to 
face it or not, it will be a fact that there will be an inner turmoil that ensues. Everyone thinks sometimes, oh, I've done enough. It's going to be a little easier for me to go another direction here. No, I'm sorry. If God has birthed something in your heart, if he has given you a goal or a destination or a dream or a promise or a word, abandoning that will bring turmoil. It will bring hurt to your soul. Okay? So, you know, it's like this, uh, this dark cloud that sort of settles in. Okay? So we don't want to be those people. We don't want to give up that hope. You know, a lot of, some people, not you, of course, have this uh, mentality that when you're trying something, it's better to quit than to fail. Like, I'm not going to do that because I might fail. Well, that's already failure in your spirit, whether you recognize that or not. That's already causing turmoil. That mentality is already causing turmoil in your heart. So we don't want to do that. You know, we want to move ahead. We want to continue in the pursuit of the promises that God gives us. Am I making that clear? No matter what the challenge is, no matter um, how difficult it may seem at times, no matter how much you think you've done, if you haven't received that promise, if you're not standing in that promise, You need to keep the fire of hope burning in your soul. Okay? Are we getting it? Our souls will never be satisfied when we quit or when we stop short of a dream or when we stop short of a hope that God has birthed in us. He made us. He made your spirit to continue in hope. That's how he made your spirit. And quitting doesn't jive with that spirit. Okay? So that's why we have to have God's word. We have to know God's word. And it doesn't mean just reciting it. It means looking at it, reading in it, feeding on this word, getting it in your heart, renewing your mind to this word right here. It shows us, this word shows us the picture of God's possibility. It shows us what God plans, what his destiny is, what his promises are, what his faithful to, faithfulness to us will bring. His word shows us that. It gives us a picture of that. And it gives us examples of faith-walking people. Faith-walking people that receive the promise or that continue to pray for future generations to receive the promises. It gives us wisdom. This word is wisdom unto you. It gives you wisdom for the fight. It will give you a rhema word. You know, you'll be reading the word, and all of a sudden something's going to click, and it'll say, do this. And you do that, and you're going to see the victory. In every situation, you don't have a job that's too hard. You don't have a kid that's too difficult. You don't have a financial lack that is too much for God to help you walk through to victory. You see that? And your past, I won't use the word, let me think, doesn't matter, but your past cannot stop you. Difficulties in your past cannot stop you. Only you can stop you, okay? Those difficulties are no bigger than God. They don't even come close. So, the word gives us encouragement, encouraging support to continue in the battle to our souls during an ongoing onslaught of difficulty. So, our souls then do not end up in despair, okay? So, those persons, those people who grasp firmly, who seize and hold tightly, who continue unswervingly, unwaveringly, will not let go, will not say no to God's promises. Those people will inherit the promises of God. Will inherit the promises of God. And your souls will 
be preserved. Okay? All right. Sorry, I flipped my page too far. Okay, so I want to look at a couple words. The word, Greek word, for shrink back, that's been translated, shrink back. That was in verses 38 and 39. It comes from hypostello, okay? Hypo means under, stello means draw in, okay, draw in. So properly, it means to draw under, to pull back, to retreat, okay, to go backwards, to withdraw, to shrink back, to shun, to back off, especially due to compromise. Okay, we do not want to compromise the word of God. What it says, it says. And, and compromise is a shrinking back, okay? We don't want to compromise the principles of God, period. That will never bring you through to victory. Standing resolutely in his principles will bring you to victory every time, every time. So think of a, think of a turtle, okay? So when fear comes, what does that turtle do? It just like goes into its shell, right? So we don't want to do that. We don't need to do that. We don't need to shrink back in fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind, right? So we cannot retreat and we cannot draw back from an ongoing attack, from an ongoing barrage of circumstances that are counter to God's word. We can't do that. We cannot draw back into our shells and say enough is enough. I'm just going to hide right here for a while. Okay, we cannot compromise, the other compromise, we cannot compromise total victory. I mean total victory. In other words, well, this is okay, this is enough. Second best is okay with me. It's not okay with me. It shouldn't be okay with you. Second fiddle to a promise of God is not okay, That's because it's not what he has for you. He has his all in all for you. He has the fullness of Christ for you in every circumstance, okay? You understand that? So the word of God in our minds, in our hearts, in our mouths will prevail. You must speak the word. The tongue has the power of life and death, correct? Am I correct? So you want to speak life. You don't want to speak death. You don't want to speak anything that's against God's word. Okay, when our kids were little, if someone came up and started speaking trash over them, we taught them very young, very early, to say in their hearts, I take crop failure on that. I'm not going to let that seed be planted in my spirit. I'm not going to let that seed take root. I am going to take crop failure on that negative confession that's against the word of God. Okay, and we need to do that for ourselves. So how do, we, how do we keep from drawing back? How do we keep from compromising God's victory and his, his plan? Because his, he has a perfect plan, and it says that he will fulfill the plan that he has for you in Philippians. So how do we, <coughs> when circumstances seem counter, how do we keep from compromising and drawing back? Number one, praise. 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 Praise, 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 praise. Praise him for his goodness. Praise him in worship. Praise him all day long. Praise him for the good things that he's done. Praise him for the good things that he's going to do. Praise him for the times that you can remember that he brought you through victoriously. Remember those painful times and remember how he brought you out on the other side and praise him for it. Thanksgiving lightens the spirit. Praise opens your heart to hear from God. It really does. It softens your heart. It opens your heart to hear him. So you got to, we, we need to, well, that's really a terrible um, verb there. Not you gotta, you get to. 
You get to praise. It is a privilege to praise. He sees your praise as faith. Okay? So praise him, praise him, praise him. Read the word, speak the word. Read the word, speak the word. Word, 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 word. Okay? The word is that which renews your mind. It gets your thoughts in line with God's thoughts. And then you speak it. Did God speak the world into existence? Okay, does your God word, your word word, have any less power? Is it any less alive? No. No, it is not. He gave you your tongue to speak his word, okay? It will renew your mind. It will renew your emotions. It will edify your soul. It will align your heart with God's heart. It aligns you. It gets rid of corruption. And it aligns you with your loving Father. It aligns you. It sets you in agreement with God because he will not, he will not not honor his word. So when you speak that, you are agreeing with God. You are agreeing with God. It does not, that does not mean that you ignore the circumstances. I, I really, okay, well, I'm not going to say that. But, but just because you recognize a negative circumstance, okay, that's the beginning. Because then you know what armor to put on. Then you know, you know, what, what word, the word is your uh, ammunition, okay? And one of the impressive things, honestly, you know, okay, I know you don't want to hear about me going to heaven again, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you anyway. <laughs> so, you know, you've all heard this. <laughs> when I went to heaven and I was laying there, and, uh, you know, the Lord communicates with you spirit to spirit. It doesn't have to be a spoken word. Maybe he uses, you know, I'm sure he uses spoken words, but that is not what happened with me. It was spirit to spirit. And, you know, it just amazes me that when I was saying to the Lord, uh, I want to go home. I want to go back to my family. I want to go back to my church family. I have more work to do for you. My church, well, it's not my church. It's his church. Your church that you've made my husband and I shepherds over has more to do for you. So I absolutely, no offense, I used those, those words, I said that. No offense, God, but I do not want to stay here with you. I want to go back. And at that moment when I said that, he said, Lisa Marie, I'm glad we're in agreement. From that day forward, I mean, I understood that we should agree with God before that. But from that moment on, there has been a new understanding of how critical it is that we are in agreement with God because he gave me another choice. I could have stayed there. Are you understanding? Even though he had more for us to do together as a body, I could have made another choice, and he would have loved me the same. You see that? So when we read, as we're here on earth, when we read this word, it brings us into alignment, agreement with God, and nothing is impossible. Nothing. He'll bring any situation of death back to life. Okay. Pray in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. That's, this is so important to pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. When you are praying in the Spirit, it bypasses your mind, spirit to spirit, God to your spirit, heart to heart. So the Holy Spirit prays the very heart and the very plan of God in your life. Now, who doesn't want that? 
when you don't know how to pray, when I don't know how to pray, I pray in the Spirit. And so many times when you pray in the Spirit, he will give you rhema revelation. He'll give you new wisdom. He'll give you new insight. He'll give you new understanding. He'll give you new plans. He'll give you supernatural plans that people don't understand. And you're going to have the answer. So pray in the Spirit all the time because it will be wisdom to your heart. It will be divine, divine planning in your life. Seek good counsel. Okay, here's the best counsel right here. This is the best counsel. But please, 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 if you are in a critical situation, do not go talk to people who are not spirit-filled. I'm sorry, just don't. Just don't even bring it up. You need counsel that is in alignment with the Lord. That's, the, that's wise counsel. Okay. So all of these things help us to stay steadfast. They help us to remain confident. Confident. So <clears throat> at the beginning of the fight, at the, the beginning of the struggle, you know, everybody's raring to go. Oh, me and God, we're going to do this. And then what happens? What happens when the answer maybe sometimes doesn't come immediately? When there's a length of time where we have to continue to stand and pray and those sorts of things. What happens then? Okay? You know, that's where the rubber meets the road. At the beginning, you have all this vigor, you have all this resilience, and it, it just seems so easy to stand. But when the onslaught comes, someone sometimes can become weary. Uh, we become tempted to, you know, let our guard down. We become tempted to say, you know, I've really done enough here, whether it's for yourself or for somebody else. I've done enough here. This is too hard. You know, it, that's just life. Do not say those words. Never say those words. Never let those words come out of your mouth unless you're talking about God life. And then you would never use the word just, as in only. So do not quit at that point. Do not say, I cannot do this anymore. Uh, you know what? Well, maybe you can't, and maybe that's the best place for you to be to understand that you can't do it anymore, but God can because if it's in his word, he will. Okay? So, dawn is right around the corner. Dawn is coming. Believe me, dawn is coming. God is faithful, and we must remain faithful to him in the struggle. He has not forgotten you. He's <laughs> he never forgets you. He never forsakes you. He has not taken your case and filed it on a dusty shelf and filed you away. No, sir. No, ma'am. Not at all. Okay, Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3, and then verse 6. Now faith is the assurance, KJV there says, substance. You know, I think, I think this, this verse here, this is kind of like a word maze. You know, I really think a lot of people have a hard time understanding what all this means to put together. So we're going to go through that bit by bit today. Okay, now faith is the assurance, King James says, substance of what we hope for and the certainty, the certainty, the s did I say certainty? Did I say that word? Oh, good. Of what we do not see. This is why the ancients were commended. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed, KJV, worlds were framed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who approaches him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Okay, we're going to look at a couple words. 
we're going to look at the word for assurance or in the King James substance. The word is hypostasis. Hypo, again, meaning under, and histomy, meaning to stand, to stand properly. This means to possess, standing under a guaranteed agreement. You get that? Standing under a guaranteed agreement. Title deed, figuratively, title to a promise or property, a legitimate claim. Because it literally is under a legal standing. Under a legal standing. So, entitling someone to what is guaranteed under the particular agreement. Okay, do we have an agreement with God? Yes. We have a covenant with God. We have an unbreakable covenant. We have his covenant, his word. Okay? Our agreement is our covenant with God. So for the believer, hypostasis, title, title of possession, is the Lord's guarantee, guarantee to fulfill the faith that he has inbirthed in you. You get that? His guarantee to fulfill that faith in him. Hallelujah. That makes me very happy. We are entitled, and I don't mean entitled in a disrespectful way, okay? I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that. We are, but we are secure in the ownership of or the inheritance of what God promises. We stand in him. Why do you think it's, the scripture says that Christ is in you and you're in Christ? Well, if I'm in Christ, I'm going to stand there. You stand in him. Okay? That's your standing. That's your standing. When we align, we stand with him. When we align with his plans, when we align with his promises, when we align with his word. Okay? Because, why? Because he's faithful. He's not going to alter any, doesn't the scripture tell us he's never going to alter anything that has come out of his mouth? Hello, am I correct? Or, yes, does his word say that? Yes, it says that. So this, this verse right here truly is not really a definition of faith. It is how faith acts. It is how faith proceeds. You understand that? Okay, it's how faith proceeds. Hypostasis. To stand under or to stand by the title deed tenaciously and never to relent. I will never relent. Anyone who really knows me might use the word stubborn. I don't see it that way. I see it just sticking to the word. That's how I see it. But I don't, I don't ever really care what things look like in my life, look like, if they're negative. I will never give up. I will never give up. I will never quit. Because God is the strength of my life. He's the strength of your life. So, so I would say that this means to stand in the agreement that you have with God or to stand under God. What better place could there be than to be standing under God or in God? No better place to be. So to stand by or to stand in my claim, my claim, this is my claim, my promise, my property, my title of possession. It's your right. 
It's your job if you want the fullness of Christ in your life, if you want to live behind the veil, okay? So this is a, a bulldog type of faith. Bulldog, I'm just using a, a common term, okay, so that we can kind of visualize, visualize it. It's, it's always moving forward. It's never going to back up. It's never going to give up. It's always reaching for what it wants, what it sees, what it, it's always, and of course with us it would be according to the word, wouldn't it? Right? Okay. It is not passive. It is not relenting. It will not move back. It always claims the future in God now, now, today. It claims God's future in your life today. So what is that? What struggle that you might be going through, and you need to claim the end victory today. Whether that involves your finances, your health, your kids, your job. You stand in that victory now. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So you're not going to be passive. You're going to be, okay, think about a dog, any dog, a bulldog. Think about you know, when they have that bone or a toy and you go up to them and you try to yank it out of their mouth, what do they do? What do they do? So, yeah, they fight you tooth and nail. They're not going to let go. You know, you're going to be sitting there going like this and they're just going to be pulling and pulling and pulling and they're not going to quit. They're not going to give up. And that's how we should be. Think about a snapping turtle. We had, we had a dog one time that got bitten on the nose by a snapping turtle the snapping turtle would not let go. It took all that, those pounds of pressure, that jaw, and it just clamped on, and it, I don't really ever even remember how we got the dog away from it. I think it actually took off the part of its nose. But I remember that. I was like four years old. <laughs> I remember that. Whoa. It was because we had done something we weren't supposed to do, I'll admit, my brother was always getting me in trouble. And so, let me just tell you, these are two things. Oh, this is like way off, but I'm just going to tell it to you because the Lord brought it to my remembrance. Okay, so we had to walk to school every day. And, you know, like probably by this time I was five because I was in kindergarten and he was 10 months older than I was. And so he was in first grade, I guess. But so we had to walk and we were always told never to go through this big, you know, where people could walk by culvert, you know, where water ran through. So we were coming home from school that day, and there was a snapping turtle, and it was, of course, this was real near our home, so we ran home without mom and dad knowing. Well, my dad wouldn't have been there. Actually, my mom wouldn't have been there because they both worked. So I guess the nanny or whatever who was keeping us wasn't paying attention. So we got this um, galvanized tub, and we went back to that culvert, and we got the snapping turtle and we put it in the tub because we thought we would bring it home as a pet. <laughs> and as soon as we got home, I felt so terrible. As soon as we got home, our dog, of course, didn't like the snapping turtle and started attacking the turtle, and that's how it got bitten. <sighs> See, we were being disobedient, and bad things happen when you're disobedient. So anyway, so we don't ever want to let go. We will not relinquish. You know, that snapping turtle was not going to relinquish that prize. I'm not going to relinquish my prize. Okay, in verse 2 of Hebrews, chapter 11, the word continues to describe the behavior of faith. So KJV says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Aramaic says, and by this, there was a testimony concerning the ancients. A testimony about them because of their faith, a testimony that God had about them because of their faith, because they were faithful to the Lord. NIV, this is why the ancients were commended. Okay, so it says, by it, by this. Well, what's that? Well, that's their faith. 
By their faith, they were commended. By their faith, they received the testimony fulfilled in their lives of what they were standing for. You see that? That's the testimony that would be had about them. So, by their faith, the Old Testament matriarchs and patriarchs obtained a good report. So, they, what type of faith? Tenacious faith, committed faith, unrelenting faith, unwavering faith, unswerving faith, holding fast faith, never letting go faith, faith that knows what it wants and knows what has been promised it. In your heart, your faith in the word, it knows, it knows what you're promised. It will not give up until it receives that thing, that goal. Hebrews 11 gives us very concrete examples of the Old Testament elders and what they accomplished by standing in faith. That bulldog never let go, standing on the word, I believe it. They were in constant pursuit. Do you want to be in constant pursuit in faith? Yes, yes. I want to align my mind, my heart, my spirit, everything about me with God's plan for my life. And by the way, I I do that for all of you. Pray for all of you that that's what happens in your life. So they saw God's promise. As a result, they got the good testimony. They saw the promise fulfilled in their life or they continued to believe for a future generation. Do you know you can continue to believe for your future generations? And we should do that. Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed, or worlds were framed, at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. This is an awesome verse when you really understand what it's saying. The true translation of this word that has been translated universe or world, does not refer to creation. It is not a word anywhere else that is used referring to creation of, like, the universe, of, of, uh, you know, the planets and all that sort of thing. The true translation refers to a period of time, a time span an age, a generation, okay? Believe me, I've looked it all up, okay? I know this might sort of say, well, for eons, that's not how this has been viewed. Okay, well, just open up your thinking, and if you choose to disagree with me, that's, that's fine. That's, that's, you, you have that right. I'm just trying to give you some new food, some new seed. So the translation, then, of that word formed or framed really means to complete. It means to complete or it means to prepare. So it means to prepare, to perfect for its full destination or use. That's a big concept. It means to adjust, to exactly fit to be in good working order and adjusted exactly down to fully functioning. How many of you want to fully function in Christ? I do too. So, it means to amend or to change. Amend or change. So, faith changes things right? It amends things. It changes the outcome of things, of situations. So what this verse, if you take the meanings, really can mean, this is, you know, what I'm suggesting to you today, what it can really mean is through faith, 
We understand that different time periods, different decades, different generations, different ages of history have been formed or completely changed or altered or amended or reshaped or transformed by those who stood in faith, who received a word from God and stood on that word. Does that make sense? That actually, when you take that definition from the Greek and the Aramaic, when you take that definition of that verse, it makes a lot more sense with the rest of the whole chapter because the whole chapter is talking about the elders, the the matriarchs, the patriarchs that were common people with very uncommon thinking, with very uncommon faith, who did very supernatural things because of their faith in God. I mean, why would there all of a sudden, except for the principle of it, why would there all of a sudden be one line in there that talks about creation? Well, I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. But you know what I'm saying about physical creation, the physical creation of the universe, the oceans, the seas, the mountains. You know, so this, this definition makes a lot more sense in terms of the whole chapter. So they received a word from God, and they stood and they obeyed in the face of all adversity, in the face of jeering, in the face of scoffing, in the, in, in the face of, you know, others making fun of them, in the face of persecution, in the face of discouragement. Do you think Noah was ever discouraged? Do you think people were calling him crazy? They had never seen a flood then. And he just obeyed God. He goes, yeah, this is really crazy, but I'm just going to do what you tell me to do. Did it turn out well? Did he save the whole human race? Because he had an uncommon faith. A common person with an uncommon faith, an uncommon resoluteness to believe. So no matter what the logic, no matter what the odds, no matter what the opposition, no matter what the predicament, they stood, the patriarchs, these examples that we have in this chapter, they stood and they would not let go of the plans and the promises of God and they chose to obey. They chose to follow their Lord. They did what God told them to do regardless of what others were saying, regardless of the difficulty you know, that it, it brought them into contact with. You see what I'm saying? And as a result of that bulldog tenacity, that obedience to God, these men and women changed history. Do you believe that about yourself? Do you believe that you are a history changer? Your faith has been given to you to change history. That can be your own personal history. That can be someone else's personal life, their history. All of that changes history for all eternity. For all eternity. You standing in faith, For one person going through a difficulty, or for yourself, standing on the word, going through a difficulty, when when you succeed, when you stand in the victory of Christ, you will never know until you get to heaven all the good that that has done. You will never know how that has changed all of eternity because you chose faith. Okay? So, Their behavior of faith changed their entire generation, their time period, their personal lives, their future, the future of the world. So let me, I'm going to point out one more thing about this verse. It says, So what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Okay, let's remember the principle here. We know the principle. Everything God created he created out of something not seen. He created it out of his words, right? Right? So, 
What is the unseen thing from which those words came? The unseen thing is his faith. The God faith. God's faith. The unseen. See that? He spoke and it happened. His word is alive. His word creates. And he has put to force in your born-again spirit, believers of God, children of God, he has put to force in you that very same force, that very same spirit of life, that very same Christ life. You understand that? His word is alive. That very same spiritual power You are not just a little teeny tiny version of a bigger spirit. The word wouldn't tell you that you could have the fullness of Christ if that were the case. So the things that we're believing for come from this unseen force of faith, which is the life in God's word. It is life. It is living. It's not something you see with your eyes maybe during the process, but you will see its results. You will see its victory. The results of the way in which you stand. When we refuse to let go in our hearts and in our minds and we speak words in alignment with our Father's heart, we will see the fruitful reward. He rewards faith. Six, verse six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who approaches him must believe that he exists. There's your faith in God. That he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So our faith is in God. So I want to just look at one more word, (laughs) the word without, without. Remember I always say, look at the little words. Look at the words that don't really seem so important. They'll give you great revelation. Without, it means separate from, separated, apart from, without, and, and, and this is spatial. This is spatial. This is literally geographic outside of, like right now I'm standing outside of that carpet, okay? So it's a physical, it's a physical thing, but it's also spiritual because we can detach from things in our hearts. In our hearts we can stand outside of a plan or a promise or a purpose, okay? So it's separate, apart from, separated, without, detached, Rendering something invalid because of our detachment. Rendering something invalid. An open or detached space. So we can detach from things in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits. So in a geographic sense, like I say, it means standing outside of a a boundary. And when we apply it spiritually, it means that we are standing outside of God's promise. In other words, I have detached myself, whether it's because I'm getting weary or whether it's because it's been a long haul or a big fight or because of opposition or persecution. I've, I've just like detached myself and, and it, I know it's there, but I'm just uh, enough. And, and that's a spiritual detachment from the goodness of God in your life. And it needs to be dealt with. That's a spiritual detachment. It's a not believing that his goodness is really for you and for me. All of his goodness, every bit of it. In, in full Christ glory, goodness. Okay? So I would say then that, that the meaning of it is standing outside the promised land. I have relinquished my territory because every one of you Everyone, me, you have a promised land in every area of your life. Every area, there's a promised land. 
the result of God's plan for you. It, it's glorious, flowing with milk and honey, no lack. He's your shepherd, you will not lack. Head anointed with oil, dining at his table, okay? There's a promised land in every area of your life. You can't take a, a, a part of your life and say, well, he doesn't have a promised land for me there. No, that's, that's, that's a lie. That's a lie. So it's, so this, um, this without faith, outside of the realm of faith, it's relinquishing your territory. It's choosing not to occupy what he intends for you. Okay? Choosing not to occupy that given land, that plan, that, that, that land of promise that he has for us. So it's literally standing without or outside of your promised territory. Okay? That's, that's my definition. So, and it's because one does not align oneself with the word. One does not align oneself with the promise of God. So learn it. If you don't know it, learn it. So when that happens, that person renders ineffective or invalid the receiving of that promise. Right? Does that make sense? Okay. It makes invalid, it makes that promise, not what God wants, but it makes that promise invalid in your life until you get in alignment with his mind. Okay? Mark 7, so we have to agree, Mark 7, 13. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down and many such things you do. In other words, you do this a lot. Not you. <laughs> you, you all are great. But, so this is by logic, by popular thinking, by social norms, by um, opinions of others, by just common thinking, instead of God thinking, just commonness. You are not common. You are priests and kings in the kingdom of the Lord. There's nothing common about you at all. But this common thinking rather than God thinking, it causes people to stand outside their promises. Those people, they make the word of God of no effect by following man's traditions and wisdom rather than the wisdom of the word, rather than the truth of the word. Because of not aligning with God, not agreeing with God, the reward does not come. He would be really, really ridiculous if he rewarded our disobedience. Well, that was a dead response. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to hear that, but it's true. Now, he can do miraculous things of grace and mercy in your life, right? But how much fuller is it, your life, when you walk in obedience to the Lord? So much bad that you don't have to encounter. So many situations that you don't have to be rescued out of. You know? And I'm not saying to look at your past with regret. I'm not saying that at all. Because he renews, he has renewed you, right? So y'all get that part, right? Okay. So, we are not going to be the type of people that do not align with God's word. We are going to be those people that align and reward. It says he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So we are not going to, we are going to be those that stand in this tenacious faith, regardless of how weary, regardless of how long, regardless of how much we're persecuted, we're going to stand, and we are going to be tenacious. We're not going to shrink back. We're going to align with the promises of God. We're going to have faith in who he is. He is a trustworthy father. And we will receive the promised reward. 
and we will, because of that, you will change. I will change lives. You will change your life for the better. You're going to change other people's lives for the better. You will change generations to come because of the faith, the tenacious faith that you choose. Okay? So that's what the Lord had me say to y'all today. And we're going to go ahead and take communion. We have open communion for all believers.